0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to River Dinks. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Jay. I'm Allie, and I'm Bella. And Bella, can we get that famous theme song, please? Oh God, Uh, River Dinks, Chapter 125. That's the famous one. Finally, it's actually the episode because you sing that every week, and it doesn't make sense. you know what, finally, I'm waiting, <laughs> playing the long game. Exactly. Um, and I'm just going to hop right into this week's description because, listeners, one of us was in Maine last week, and so we couldn't record. And we are actually a couple of weeks behind now. So um we are going to do episodes with oh, the actual number episodes eight and nine of this season within this episode that you're currently listening to and it's going to be fine one but this of us is was in Maine with Jay's mom and one of us was, was in Maine with Guess my mother <laughs> <her husband was. laughs> you know, yeah it was Allie <laughs> <laughs> um one of us had to stay back to look after Pepper so <laughs> Allie <laughs> figured she, she would take this one yeah. um yeah But so anyways, uh, the first episode of this week was season seven, episode eight, titled chapter 125, Hoop Dreams, directed by, or no, sorry. Yeah, no, yes. I I thought, I always think I mess it up, I don't. Directed by Sierra Shooter, Laude, and written by Evan Kyle, and originally aired on May 17th, 2023. A lot better viewership, a lot meaning a few decimal points, but that's a lot for viewership on this episode. It was the Reggie fever. The Reggie fever got people back in their seats for this one. Anyways, this is what happened. Riverdale is a basketball town, we're being told, because apparently it's always been a basketball town. Sure, whatever. Uncle Frank is pulling in and has recruited a new player because the Bulldogs suck, um, and that new player is, da, 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 it's Reggie, it's Reggie, the farm boy. Um, Cheryl asks Tony to go steady with her, but she says that's for squares, and says no. Um, we meet Reggie Mantle, America's sweetheart, um, he works on his family's farm, and Reggie is also staying with Archie while he's in town yeah I felt like it was a little unclear as to whether Reggie is like just living with Archie permanently now or whether he was just there for the weekend we're not really sure but regardless Reggie's staying with Archie um and Archie's kind of paired with him Betty has to join the Vixens to burn off her excess energy aka her horniness uh everyone is extremely taken with Reggie because he's a he's a quiet strong dreamboat um Tabitha is back in town also she's here for these two episodes yes I I was so thrilled to see Tabitha on my screen I was less thrilled to see her not do anything but I was so excited to see her back um kevin comes to ask veronica for a job at the babylonium and she asks kevin to wingman her to clay because she's into clay um reggie slays at basketball practice cheryl assigns each of the river vixens a basketball player to kind of be their personal like guy that they root for this must be based in reality but i've never heard of this ever but it must be a thing I'm sure they didn't just invent this. I've heard of it for football. Damn. Okay. Well, here we'll we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into <laughs> it. Um, Jughead and Tabitha go to try and see Brad Rayberry because Tabitha's is a big fan. But they knock on his door and he doesn't answer because audience, we know that he has died in his apartment, but um, Jughead doesn't know that yet. Tony breaks up with Cheryl. She's crushed, but she handles it. Uh, Tony also wants to start a literary magazine for black voices. Hi, Kevin tells Veronica that he and Clay are together and she handles it like a pro and makes some comments that may or may not express her her personal connection to the situation they're in. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> um Reggie says that when he w- he tells Archie that when he was at Stonewall Prep, he was ridiculed and treated racistly by Brett. <laughs> by Brett. We finally get Brett back and it's for him to it's be for racist. him to be racist. I did teach oh, well. He was on screen for maybe three seconds. He was on screen for three seconds. He was not named. He was uh, less attentive viewers may not have even noticed that he was there but I noticed. Literally he co- he runs in, commits a hate crime, and he's off screen like oh. Roberta, awful. we asked for Brett this isn't what we meant <laughs> and Donna's booked and busy on Yellowjack yeah, so she's busy yeah, she's not coming back no um, but anyways, he w- he says like basically when he was at Stonewall Pratt playing basketball. They were racist to him. So he's like, I'm not going to try to make friends with the Bulldogs um, because they also are racist (laughs) and suck. So he's like, I'm not going to do that. Um, The Blossoms are hosting a Bulldog fundraising event and everyone at the event is being racist to Reggie, who is not there. And Archie hears the racism and he's like upset by it um and seems shocked as well and cheryl also seems upset by it tabitha brings jughead a w.e.b du- du Bois comic called the comet um and he is reads it a it. comic or just a book i think it's a short story oh it's a short story i don't know why i wrote comic he did not write comics <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a short story um thank you okay I'm just You're correcting. Your notes. I'm correcting my notes for no reason. Sorry, <laughs> I got caught up in the moment. Um. Anyways, Archie stands up for Reggie at practice, and he's like, "We got to be a team," and he's our best player, and so we're all he's our t- he's our teammate, like it's something like that. Um. Cheryl gets school funding for Tony's uh Black Voices Literary Club. Jughead goes back to Ray Bradbury's apartment and Sheriff Keller is there and he tells Jughead that uh, Brad Rayberry has committed suicide. That's the end of the episode. My notes were a little all over the place. I kept forgetting to take notes during the episode because I was so caught up in what was happening. Not necessarily because it was so good, but because things were happening and I was like, surely this won't be significant. And then it ended up being significant. And I was like, oh, I got to write that down. But anyways, oh. that's what happened in this episode. Let's discuss. First off, excellent recap Jay. Oh, thank you. Well, that's very kind. I feel like it is not deserved this week. But thank you. Anyways. It's deserved every week. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Riverdale well, basketball town, sure. Whatever. They've okay. done every single yeah. sport. Who cares? We got a The first note that I had is when they're talking about basketball, they're like, people play basketball during most of the year, and then in the winter months, they play hockey on Sweetwater River once it's frozen over. And I just kept thinking, like, we've seen people on Sweetwater River when it's frozen over, and we've seen someone fall through it. Like, I feel like it's not it's been shown to not be safe you can do it near the banks in the Mm. shower part of the river maybe they have to take a bus in the deepest water river in the deepest part of ice because when we saw in the deepest part of winter because we saw it was only like fall when it's like late fall maybe when Cheryl fell through because they had the fall Mm -hmm. festival I feel like that's true first semester of school was still in yeah fucked. You know what? You Although me around. semi-related during this episode and the following one, I could see at during various outdoor scenes in front of that high school, yeah. like you can see the actor's breath. Like, they are cold. <laughs> they were see? filming this in the winter of Canada. They were cold. <laughs> oh, I was feeling for them. I... Um, also, that's a real high school. Can you imagine going there in real life? No. Me either. I would be too starstruck all the time. You guys yes. hear me okay, by the way? I mean okay. I can hear yeah. you, but I'm next to you. Okay. Um my second nose is Cut the Gas, Captain, which I think is Archie to Julian. So real, I just, finally got, someone said I think it. Several cut the gases. Also they introduce Reggie as Reggie the Blur Mantle and they never call him the blur again. I was really That's hoping that, that was to be a thing. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. It I also granted I'm maybe one of the least tuned in semi-Americans in terms of high school sports maybe one of the least tuned in ever are people just like hearing about other high schoolers that are nearby. And they're like, we got to get that. Like, is that real? I've seen Friday night lights and they do it in that, but that's not real. I think it depends on the sport. I think it's probably more of a thing for football but it's usually more of a thing if it's like we're playing against this school and oh they've got this player who's so good. But this is more like we heard about this kid who we don't play against. We just see some farm boy. That's um, what was weird to me. And I know obviously yeah. like like it's television. It's not real. Who cares? But I mean like it was just interesting to me as like I was it just caught me by surprise. I was like does this happen ever? Like I'm sure it has so. happened once in history. How did they hear about him? He's not on Snapchat. Well, the, he's not he on Twitter. He was at Soma prep. That's true. Okay. Okay. I guess that makes they heard sense. about they heard Brett bragging about his about sick his hate crime. burn. Yeah, like committing a hate it was crime. Awful. Ah, oh, that sucked. Um. I thought it was interesting them getting into how Reggie's dad doesn't get a GI bill Mm, because they're not a white family. I did think, and, and while the instances of it were like the hate crime and stuff and just like him being treated with racism, I appreciated that they like included that as opposed to them like pretending the only kind of racial tension of the time was between like black and white people. I like like that I, d- I did appreciate that they weren't just like, and there's no problems for anyone else. Like, like yeah. I, I did like that. Um, I thought it was interesting. They note that his mom is Korean. He says, "My mom is Korean. My dad was born here." So I think he was a soldier in Korea, but I wasn't clear on if they were saying they was. He has a white dad in this universe or if it's the same mm. dad but he's an american citizen mm. but then yeah. and then his wife is like was a korean citizen doesn't matter i just wasn't sure if they were gonna like change the actor who's playing reggie's dad true because, like, he might the, not ever appear like he might not ever appear i so but cute. i do think it would be interesting if it's them changing the character of his character of his father because of that being like one of the only things we know about Reggie's personal life. Yeah. Is his abusive father. So that would be interesting mm-hmm. if they decided to like remove that for some reason. Mm-hmm. They do talk about his dad being a soldier. And getting shrapnel. And his mm-hmm. shoulder. Which is another added information about his dad. I don't mm-hmm. really know. Take... Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm noting it though in my Reggie file. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a little note card in there who needs x-files and we have reggie file <laughs> um i thought veronica is really just being a hag right now because yeah. she, because she finds out that kevin and claire are together and she's like yes yes <laughs> she's like so know. excited about it i'm it's, like, yes! like i i'm actually happy oh story. me too like, i'm liking her more than ever me too actually yeah which i'm surprised by because she's kind of like all the shit with her in the babylonium is kind of like the same sort of ideas as her in the speakeasy but it's better. but i like it so much more yeah. and i can't i kind of can't determine why like it i mean it's mostly sure, just like the I'm way it's being pick treated it apart.
1: Okay. Out.
0: i guess um I loved when Cheryl said to Veronica that she would get a ticket for speeding for trying to talk to Reggie. I was really- that was a pretty good burn. Mm-hmm. I also would like to tip my hat to Charles Mountain for this newfound, nuanced performance of Reggie. I think was very good, and I think I it's, really liked it. It really has is showing his range as an actor. Because I think Reggie previously as a character does not, I think, probably give an actor much to hold on to because of his inherent wishy-washiness and changing his beliefs and and, and alignments all the time. Yeah. But so I kind of maybe hadn't been thinking of Charles Melton as like, oh, he's a he's a great actor or whatever, because Reggie has just kind of filled in any role that they needed prior to now Mm -hmm. but now seeing him as an actual like different character with a different kind of like presence I thought was very interesting I and I thought he was good it's fun kind of that this season is giving them the chance to go like what if instead Reggie were more like this or what if instead like these characters were more like this and we get to just make some fun changes um we can see charles I... melton oh sorry no good we can see charles melton in the upcoming todd haynes movie with julian moore and Natalie portman may december got rave reviews at a film festival at Yeah. yeah um but it got picked up by netflix so it's not even getting distributed to theaters oh. boo. boo boo netflix I said, I think in the last episode, that I was pretty sure Reggie Mantle in this episode was doing, or Charles Melton's episode, I guess, was doing a James Dean impression. Mm -hmm. Because I had just watched Giant with James Dean. And I was like, maybe I'm just reading into it too much. But then this episode was largely about them trying to watch James Dean movies. So I'm doubling down. I'm pretty constant about it now you felt like that continued in the rest of the episode like you felt like he was still kind of but like i mean i haven't seen the film so i i'm not aware but you felt just like it was kind general, of still i feel like he was being very james dean okay okay and the, like, he especially was because of his accent like the just he was only in a handful of movies mm-hmm. he died at like 24 so the only one that I know of where he has a southern accent. Well, I don't remember it used to be but I know in Giant he has kind of a more he's like a farm boy and has a southern accent. So, um yeah, I really did enjoy him in this episode. I enjoyed him and I and i I've, I've kind of I mean, I think I'm maybe the biggest Reggie fan of us three. I'm kind of always on his side, like, just like, yeah, or not necessarily like in the actual plot, but I'm kind of always very entertained by him. But in this case specifically, I was actively rooting for him, which is different because usually I'm just like, he's doing something funny right now. Yeah. And this one I was like, go, yeah. Reggie, like, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Would you guys? Oh. Oh, I would like, say, personally, I'm not like a huge Reggie fan. Like I've never I've never been the Roger Guy Reggie fan as we have seen on this podcast. Um, but I I did like him in this episode. I thought he was like a fresh addition, like even though he's been in the show so much, filling so many roles, like I thought that I don't know, he's not doing the same thing as I like, thought oh, he would have been, I guess. Not to just rehash what you guys were saying, but I I liked him in the episode, which was unexpected. I thought I would not like the episode very much because it was go back to the wall, but this is one of the first ones like one of the first characters that they've introduced like a big change in a character. Mm-hmm. Um that I've started feeling like I really kind of don't want this to be undone. Like, even though I do love normal Reggie, Mm. I'm worried that I'm going to get really attached to this version of him. And just because he's so different and literally has a different voice and has a different whatever, like, I feel like a lot of the characters, there are certain parts that I really like about this version of them. But they're mainly just different in clothing and hairstyle whatever. Like, it's not... Entirely different background and personalities and whatever. So much. I guess background, but yeah, I don't know. I just think it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. That's true. He would never uh, say, "Let the tickle games begin." He would never games say that again. God, I haven't thought about that line in too long. I think about it every day as soon as I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would love to get in touch with our Shoni correspondent for this episode. And just kind of get keyed in as to what you think, Shoni. I'm happy with. I'm happy with how they were in this episode, I suppose. Um, Yeah, I mean, they weren't. Damn, I don't know. Like I feel like Tony Corner used to be so inflammatory and I would I think it's because they were always on the rocks and <laughs> the writing was always terrible and I was always so angry, upset and like wishing that they broke up because it would have be been better. Um and now like the writing's decent for them. They're both getting screen time with each other and without each other. They both have plots with each other, and without each other. Um, Tony looked great in this episode again. Lizzo was just a mystifying character, I don't know, but um, <laughs> I yeah. I think again, you know, Riverdale's trying to tackle racism like as a like the tonal shifts I think her very. I don't know like when we talked about like that earlier Emmett Till episode I definitely was like this is like so sudden and compared to like the t- other tones of the episode like um I thought it was like not great in that sense of like when like you would be so silly and then it would go to this like suddenly very serious topic but I think that this show, like this episode, for example, like, Cheryl and Tony, like, talk about, like, the Black Literary Club and stuff like that it was, like, more down to earth than, like, an actual, like, plot on the, in the episode rather than just, like, this. I, I don't know if you guys understand where I'm going with this, but, um, I think I know what you mean, like, like, there's, like, a kind of bizarre like disconnect between like this is we're watching Riverdale on CW and they're talking about the murder of Emmett Till versus them kind of talking about it on a scale that seems more realistic yeah their lives and like not that the Emmett like I don't mean to discount that no no. I think like like this is like um like this is like a real freaking plot line for Tony for like once like This is like a real relationship issue that's like tangible that isn't like, Cheryl is out committing crimes and like, has an equal bitch of a mother who's killing people like, it's not like that, I guess, like it feels more grounded, which I like, and I like that they was working through it, working to work through it, Um, both giving it their all, amen, like, I, I'm just, (laughs) I'm glad for where it is right now. I'm not, I don't have a lot of things to say about it. Though They always deserve more screen time. Like, they could always use two or three more scenes. True. true. I also liked, if I may chime in, that Mm -hmm. um, even though she did come crawling back by the end of the episode, I liked that Tony was kind of like, actually, I'm not so sure about this for a minute and kind of stepped away and then came back. Like rather than it just being like, they're in a relationship now and now they're Cheryl and Tony in this relationship. Yeah, that they had that disagreement or like that breakup and then working through it and they're not sure and Tony felt that she could leave. And yeah. Yeah, I liked a lot better than what we have previously seen in some earlier seasons. In my opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. I think um, I liked this episode for them. I did like that they kind of took some time apart. I thought it was a little interesting that we see that Tony is pretty open. Like she's out to both Clay and Tabitha. Yeah, that that was surprising. surprising. Tabitha, so chill with it. So With both chill. Clay With and Tony too. Two, we were both like, "Oh, yeah." Speaking of Clay, I thought it was a little weird or questionable of Kevin to like Loki out Clay. We, to thought the same thing, we thought the same thing. We thought the same thing. Like I think Kevin. it's one thing to be like, oh no, I don't think there's really any way that that's an okay thing. I feel like that needs to be a conversation. He can't just. And it decide. wasn't even like him saying like, I don't know if Clay would be interested in you, which would be sure. still something, but more subtle. He was just like, "Clay and you're together." Like, yeah, like, what if like, Veronica wasn't cool with it? At what all. if Veronica wasn't cool? I also am getting increasingly frightened with the lack of play autonomy in the in the TV show. Yeah. I,
1: I would really love like if Clay, he would say something
0: yeah. or talk about something. You're right. You're right. You're right, yeah. I mean, he's still being present. Like it's not too, it's not like it's too late or whatever. But I yeah. in the past several times he's appeared, I feel like he's just kind of like background and I would love to see him more I think he's interesting and yeah, I feel like it's all just him participating in or discussing his relationship with Kevin or working for Veronica mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um I think would you guys have any other thoughts about this specific episode because if not I think we should move to the second one Hi. Yeah. Sorry, let me just. I'm getting critical texts from a friend about a movie in which Pedro Pascal has a prosthetic penis. So I'm a little distracted. <laughs> I you you need to, to take receive... some time. I, guys, I need 5 minutes. <laughs> um I thought Veronica's flirting with Reggie was weird like where he just kept being like I'm not kind of pretty clearly like I'm not interested and her just being like so heavily flirting or like and same with flirting with Clay but only to get whatever I don't know I thought that was weird um I liked Reggie picking Dilton for his team true and then letting him get the final shot. I thought that was nice. Um, the Blossom fundraiser party was weird. I guess so did Cheryl steal the fundraised money? Or the um, raised funds? Is that what that was? Well she said it was from the school just for something else. she so- said this was earmarked for a different purpose so I thought that it because she over um, she the last time we see her oh, before yeah. that, she's overhearing her dad being raised. You're right. Well, I did not catch that, but I'm assuming that was in fact what it was. Okay. That's a good good point. Um, they mentioned the WB Dope Boys story, The Comet. I don't know if that's real. I didn't look it up, but it is real. Okay. It being a, about a comet that hits New York City and then a man and woman who are kind of linked. That almost made me suspect. I was like, is this real Tabitha? And she's like trying to drop some hints. Mm. Right of her I, she want I want that. I want that. But they're not even doing it.
1: Nah, maybe not it, yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, And I did like that connection. That she's like, it's about these two people that survived this comet. And it's like, it's the two of them. Like, Like, I yeah. liked that. But I mm-hmm. felt like they didn't follow through. At least not yet. I think it's interesting that they're saying Brad Raybury hung himself and left a note. I'm wondering if it's going to come up that Jughead reads the note and then he's like, this is not his handwriting mm. or something like that. Be. Um, oh, and then last but not least is veronica saying what are the chances he swings both ways in reference to clay after learning that he's in a relationship with the person she's talking to that's kind of crazy actually she <laughs> Six, that's kind of crazy well uh, yeah i don't know I- yeah. I felt like Tabitha was kind of especially dull in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's making me, I feel bad. I really like, I like Tabitha. I feel like she has a lot of potential as a character. But I'm wondering if maybe the actress isn't super strong. Just something, every time she's talking, I don't know if it's the lines that are being written for her, which is very much like a possibility. She just always seems very much like I can really see her acting, mm. or just it feels very like I just can't view her as like genuine. It's um, a, I think it's the writing. I think it's just that her whole world results are injected usually. Mm. Like the writing, maybe. And she's been given like no foundation as a character in this Especially, season. yeah, in this season, there's just nothing. Her yeah feeling, like, like they just off, threw but... her back in and it's almost like they're acting like she was not gone at all yeah like I she mean... had that line where she was like it was so hard to see the things i saw anyways yeah A- anyways back to this like it's like i don't think she has that much good material work with, because i feel like i really i did like tabitha like i mean that's not that i don't like her anymore. like and i'm not sure how you felt about the acting previously also. I, just, I felt that she's been free since, since, since Sorry, I missed what you said. Sorry, I'm truly. sorry. I think that she's been free previously. I think about her a lot. Because I keep randomly remembering when the world was ending and she made Jughead watch a three hour movie. Yep. Because she was like, you have to see Titanic before the world ends. They weren't in love. You don't get it, it was real. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, with that, oh, who would your MVP be for that episode? Jay, sure. I'm gonna leave you the one and only. Thank you, Reggie. Reggie is my pick because he's here, he's on a farm, he is soft spoken <laughs> like now. Two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's from a farm and he's soft spoken now, and he's gentle and he's kind. And he's the Reggie I always knew he could be, and so I pick Reggie. He was so good in this episode. Um. Well, uh, I'm gonna give it to Tony. I think for kind of advocating for what she wants and being open to kind of rethinking it when after talking like talking to her friends about it like kind of being open and then kind of being not too proud to just be like you know what i'm actually i think we should talk about this but also not having to be like i want you back but having it be i think we should talk about what that would look like mm-hmm. and how that would actually work so i like that i like that she has a number of friends, I feel like, outside of uh Cheryl, that we get to see her with talking about things that aren't always her relationships. Um So, yeah, I like her Um I don't really feel too strongly about any this episode, honestly. No. So I'm going to talk out and say Archie, because I thought it was fun that we finished. Yeah. I thought Veronica was funny in this episode. I liked her. But she was weird. Like, her actions were strange. I, I, I can't for that. that. So true. And what would you give uh, that episode out of 10? Um, I forgot about the object. Um I would give it six basketballs out of ten. Because I thought it was pretty I thought it was more good than bad, but it didn't interest me greatly besides just the joy of seeing Reggie back on my screen. That was like the main thing for me. And then besides that, I thought it was pretty medium as an episode. I'm gonna give it, sorry, go ahead. I'm gonna give it six out of 10 friends of Dorothy. So i i like jay i do not make strong feelings towards this episode i i thought it was good i thought it was a decent episode of riverdale but i was not like by anything i really loved um it was fine um yeah i i do not feel very passionate about it. I said so maybe like, I mean, I did like show me this episode, but it wasn't like the main plot of So yeah. I'm going to give it six out of ten short stories by W.E.B. Boys. Um, I like this one. I really... Loved Reggie in this one. So I feel like most of the six are for Reggie. I just really enjoyed his character. And I liked Archie's plotline. And I liked that it wasn't like, I need... And that he deliberately says, like, this is not about saving you. Like, I didn't punch Julian for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it just... I don't want my town to be like that. And it really upsets me to, to realize that it is. Um, like I liked him kind of coming to that realization because it's likely that he's heard those kinds of things said around him many times and just hadn't really picked up on it or hadn't acknowledged it. So I liked that he was. I don't know. I just liked that he kind of had that kind of arc. Yeah. Um, And that he and Reggie are becoming friends. So for the second episode of the double feature, which is actually thematically timely for the episode, um, we have season seven, episode nine, titled chapter 126, Betty and Veronica Double Digest. It was written by Alex Sanjiv uh, Pillai and written by Will Ewing and it originally aired on may 24th 2023 and this is what happened jughead is grieving the loss of his mentor brad rayberry um dr werthers is i wrote down he's interrogating betty about sex i didn't realize till about halfway through the episode that they were therapy sessions but he basically is interrogating which i think is telling exactly exactly he's yeah. being a therapist. he's giving her like therapy sessions but he's basically just asking her about sex and writing notes about it and like a- and betty says she thinks about sex all the time cue montage of her sexual fantasies with various characters from the show such as fangs archie reggie and veronica everybody cheered everybody stood up and clapped we'll get there actually we'll get there but everybody shot her around the world. Everybody stood up and clapped. Yeah. The soldiers of Ronka Nation laid down their weapons it, it was in glory. It was a fantasy, though, but that's sort of undermine. You screamed like I've never heard you I know, scream. But, you and, heard I, the and then and that I felt happened. like a sucker. And then I felt like a real sucker because um, it's okay. Wait, I'm sorry. It's fine. I didn't know you felt like a sucker, my bad. I just think that big Riverdale got me again. Now, like, <laughs> like whatever. I mean I'm thrilled and I am thrilled. Like we can get into it. Okay. Okay. From that from when I did screen, I I feel like a sucker now. So I'm sorry. It's I didn't okay. mean to put you on the spot. Anyways. Um Betty says she thinks about sex all the time and she might not want to get married ever. And Dr. Worthers is shocked and upset by that. Veronica is screening a James Dean double feature at the Babylonium, and she also has a date with Reggie after the show, but then turns out the film that they got from the studio is overexposed, so they can't show it. And they have to issue refunds to everyone, and everyone's really upset. And the studio won't send new tapes and um she can't get any new tapes from any major studios because her parents have blacklisted her in Hollywood um, in kind of revenge for her buying out the Babylonian from underneath them. Uh, so they're gonna reach out to independent studios instead, which I believe was Clay's idea. Uh, Mr. Or Dr. Brothers is still kind of interrogating Betty about her sex dreams. And she describes a dream that's like a sex dream where she then is being watched having sex, and then she talks about how she thinks it's actually a desire for her to be seen as a human being, not just like seen sexually. She wants to be seen at all. Um, she breaks into Doctor Werther's desk at night and finds a copy of Lolita and reads it. Veronica is going to have a 4D movie screening because the only um, movie she could get her hands on was called the crawling eye Eye. thank you it's called the crawling eye and she's gonna do a 4d screening to get people in the seats because it's not even like a new movie it's an older movie or like it's a few years old um so during the movie archie and reggie come out in big eyeball monster costumes and it's a huge hit everyone loves it Uh, Betty after reading Lolita uh, confronts Dr. Worthers about owning the book and he's like I was reading Lolita because you are like the girl in Lolita because you are a sex crazed young girl and she's like actually you're a freak and a pervert for thinking that and for liking the protagonist of this book at all and for it kind of just roasts him pretty bad and Calls him a pervert and is like, I'm no longer going to have any kind of therapy sessions with you. Freak and walks out. Um, the Babylonian showings are sold out because of the 4D thing. It's going great. Betty confronts her mom and is like, you can't be sending me to therapy like this. Why don't we just actually talk to each other and like actually talk about stuff that's going on? And Alice seems briefly like she's going to do it. And then Hal interrupts and is like, don't talk to your mother that way. You're terrible and ruins it. And then the next morning, Alice tells Betty that she is not her mother anymore. Um, Reggie shows up for his date with Veronica and she stands him up because she's busy conducting movie theater business with uh, various executives on the phone. Uh, and then when she goes back home, she finds that the locks have been changed at her apartment because her parents uh, feel like they don't, she doesn't need them anymore. And then at the very end of the episode, Sheriff Keller tells Jughead that he needs his help with the Ray Bradbury, no, Brad Rayberry, suicide case. And that's the end of the episode. Yes or no, did you guys like it? Yeah. Me too. Yes. Okay, okay. Now let's discuss. I think for me, the main reason I liked it was that it, I mean, it was called Betty and Veronica Double Digest. It very much was about the two of them. Yeah. Like not together as much as I wanted. I kind of thought, I was hoping it would be about the two of them doing stuff together. You would think. You would think. The one episode named after both of them. But I did like that their plot lines were just the central things that were happening that Mm -hmm. was good that was good and they were kind of parallel like the different things going on yeah in the sense of women's Mm like rights Mm -hmm. and autonomy and parents and stuff there were similar themes yeah i didn't see that the episode was called that so when it brought up the The like betty and then Veronica. I was like, wow, are they gonna do this for every character? Like this <laughs> seems like it's gonna be a lot to fit in to one episode. And then it never brought up another character. And I didn't understand until the yeah. episode ended and I saw the title. It was the same fonts that was on the cover of like the Betty and Veronica double digest like book. Yeah, like that yeah. I that was in my house growing up. So that was fun. I liked both of their plots. I did. Mm-hmm. I would say my complaint about Betty's plotline is the stuff with, like, Hal and her mom. I feel like I've seen it many times before, which is okay. In Riverdale? In Riverdale, yes. Or not not really, I guess. Like, I think I'm just generalizing it. Um, this is just, I guess, a minor complaint about the story. But... I mean, I think it does work with, like, her whole plot for the episode. I just, like, that was my low light, I think. Um, I otherwise really loved it. I liked Veronica's B-movie horror plot. I thought that was really fun. Um, I liked it way more than, like, her at the the speakeasy. Um, I think it was fun to see her be, like, I don't know. Like, it's funny now that she's an underage um, movie theater owner, like that's funny to me as opposed to her running a speakeasy and just being like this unbearable presence um yeah i wonder why it's so much more palatable in this because i agree with you Mm -hmm. i like this so much better than when she was doing the speakeasy thing and i think for me one of the reasons is she is less cool and yeah. collected in this one she's kind of a loser nobody wants to go to her movie theater nobody wants to go to her movie theaters. and she's a hag too and she's a hag versus when she was doing the speakeasy thing it was just like she was just like i'm the i'm the coolest bitch around and i have a speakeasy and it doesn't matter what my daddy says and it's like and she let and she i don't give people, a shit she treated people like shit and people just took it and i don't know yeah I have like this season that she does, it has to really earn pulse, um respect, respect after hurting them, um, like the that sort of thing. And her like failing to be a businesswoman, but then like succeeding, like um, kind of having to embrace being a loser, like outsider in that sense, because it's not something you've seen her character. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Luendez was a great actor. I mean, she, I think she's a good actress, but I thought was good she was good in really selling it. Um, and really just being like the businesswoman. in terms of like, I don't know, like I, I love the uncut gem sequence in, um, season five, I guess. Must be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I watch it all the time. I just think it's so great. Um, I do, I really do. Um, and I felt a little bit of that here, which was which brought a smile to my face. <laughs> I think it's also with the speakeasy, it was very much like, there's no need for this. Yeah. If there was no real request for this. I think it was also wasn't she not even selling liquor not at a first, time. yeah, stuff like that. Like, it just—it was just a weird, unnecessary, exclusive club, basically. And I like that this is more like, no, she's from Hollywood, and she appreciates the film industry. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And it she doesn't like this theater is about to close down, so she helps it out yeah like versus like the speakeasy and like pops like I guess like her dad was brought out pops um I don't even remember how all of that went down I guess it was this feels so much more genuine like her like she actually has like no connection with parents and they shut her off completely that's true I think before it was even like she didn't even really buy it. She felt like it's be easy. Like, well, yeah, like, she, the she, it was, well, but it wasn't like, I don't know. This feels more like actually her taking action and doing things and then kind of being at a disadvantage wasn't and trying to figure her? out solutions. Yeah. She did, I mean, she had to, she had to waitress there. She did not have to waitress there. She did that of her own volition. She didn't have to? She She owned the diner. You don't have to waitress when you own the diner. She had, she was, it was like failing and she had to waitress. I guess am I making this out? Mm. I always felt like it you was such a good memory for such specific plot lines on this show it's really She's... impressive she totally yeah. was a waitress okay what I'm thinking of is like the like, first episode of season that 3 have to, like... that's why yeah. I didn't like it, it was because I was like you don't even have to be doing this and she was so... like I need to be working at Pops and it was like you own it I don't think you Your do is not, like, it's not, robust, it's not enough. robust enough for our purposes I was thinking about like like um, at the beginning of season three, when Jughead's doing his narration of like what everyone's doing for the summer, and Veronica's was like she's working hard, at, or no, e- even in, in like the one of the musical episodes, her like song, she's like, "I'm working so hard to make ends meet," and it's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> like it wasn't real. Whatever. The internet is no help. No help at all. We'll just have to. fans will come back to us and let us know um i like that it's the movies that she likes the movies like you said um that it's something that people want it's a service um that she doesn't hang out with the gays not that she has to but like it makes her more palatable and like again like i guess like not fringe but like she's not She's not like the it girl. She's not the it girl right now. She's really not, and her her attempts to flirt with like everybody seem like really cloying and a little pathetic, which I actually like. like, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's silly and it's funny to see her that way. Um, and it makes me Mm -hmm, like, that's what, Belle, you were saying this earlier about, Veronica, continually asking Reggie out in this episode. And the reason to me it didn't seem like uh it didn't come across to me as kind of like a like a not taking no for an answer type thing it seemed more to me like sure. more of like a pathetic kind of thing yeah where she was sure. just like are you sure you don't want to go out with me and he was like no and she was like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think yeah i think i was combining the different things of her and Clay. Just when Mm -hmm, she puts mm -hmm. her hand on his hand and goes like, You might want to consider picking up what I'm putting down. Right. It's like that is your employee. That okay, yeah. I did not like that at all. I did not like that at all. But I yeah, no, I agree. I like that she was kind of pathetic in this episode. I like that she's that pretty much every romantic endeavor she's attempted in this show so like or in this season has failed. Um and she's messing it up. She's causing it. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. And like this I one where Except for the stood him up. one. Except for the Jackhead one. Um But yeah, no, I did yeah. I, I like that. The eyeballs were fun. Yep. The eyeballs were fun. Like her trying to haggle with with Reggie and Archie was funny mm-hmm. just did that word um, <laughs> yeah when Betty oh, pulled out that copy okay. of Lolita I was scared personally I was like dear lord I wasn't I, I was just because of I was like I just feel like the general I mean okay granted this is about to be a really baseless statement based on based on no information. So just get ready for that. I just feel like the general opinion or assessment of that book is like, not like accurate to like what the book is like going for, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the general opinion of it is just kind of like, it's just like this sexual taboo, like book and, Mm -hmm. or people think it's like, or people like romanticize it, like Madison Beer, romanticize. <laughs> I, I, I'm of all shows, I don't see Riverdale misinterpreting like that. Well, that's and and they, I don't think they did. I think it was a pretty, I know, yeah, good and and accurate like interpretation of like it's not meant to be like this romance, like it's meant to be this story of this this unreliable narrator creep i mean roberto of where sacasa is not madison Deer. like you think so <laughs> he doesn't speak bullshit either um it, i yeah you're right no i mean i should have i should have just had faith it's true i mean it is but scary, when she though. i was scared too they like you see that title you're just like i get i get the fear but also i wasn't about to be like ah, oh, jesus they're about to Totally well up. I think they're about to ruin the show but I, what I meant is I guess I'm just giving out awards for for meeting expectations okay. but I mean like they I was glad that she kind of got his ass for real in, in her stellar verbose assessment of Lolita like mm-hmm. she like she had it she figured it out she went on Goodreads and she figured it out. Or she went on Saver, whatever Snopes. it's called. Snopes. Snopes. No. Snopes is like for. No. Stuff, Snopes right? used to be, I feel like before it did that, before it was a fact checker, I would go on Snopes in high school. All well, my high school English teachers are listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> it replaced <would punch> me <laughs> retroactively. You went on Snopes and I would be like, in chapter three of Macbeth, here are the themes. Like, you know what I mean? What's the, I don't think that's true. What am I thinking of? What's the website you know, that everyone goes to for Shmoop? Are I think you thinking you're thinking, of, thinking Shmoop? of Shmoop. I must be. Sparknotes is I what I was to, thinking of. Cause I used Shmoop. Shmoop is like, if you don't have time to read the Spark Notes you've got schmoop is the lesser version you're right because schmoop would always put it in like meant to be like palatable like terms in it's ways like that i always found point. really annoying. but yes god it really is schmoop i it's think Shmoop. that is the, the mandela it. effect because i swear oh i live god. in a universe where snoops was giving you notes on lolita <laughs> you guys are so mean because snopes and schmoop sound <laughs> really no you're totally right you're totally right and i just described exactly what schmoop was and you guys were like hey remember that website that did just this <laughs> <laughs> guys SparkNotes has a page for seven husbands of evelyn hugo for all the classes that are teaching that book wow anyways um it's yeah i feel like i used to just read spark notes of random books that i had no interest in reading Damn, but I don't to know what know happened it. in them. Right. It was like I don't want to read this book, like this classic or whatever. But I would like to know what happened. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. reading the Wikipedia page for different movies, especially That's horror real. movies that I'm too scared to watch. Mm. But I want to know. That's a time-honored tradition. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, did you guys have any other thoughts on um um Betty and Veronica? We didn't even discuss. Well, because they didn't even talk. Right. And, right. and you know what they should have done? French. And they didn't. They did. I mean, I mean, they did in Betty's mind. In Betty's mind, story. which counts, I which guess. Counts. I was saying to Jay that like Betty is like a genuinely bisexual character, and I feel like it man. should be advertised on like CNN because I'm out here in the t- trenches and I look to my left, I look to my right, no one else is here. I'm out on the bisexual battlefield and no one is there. Where are the hordes? Where are the masses? Yeah, where are the where is the audience like that needs to tune in and see this? Because man, I don't know. I think it's great. I think it's great that Betty's fantasies include Veronica. Love it. Really, a big fan of it. Um, Yeah, I will Veronica happen. I cannot say anymore. Wow. Um, Just because now that they've made that's like a bad Betty, omen if you won't even. Say I know because because now that they've made that like. Now that this is like now that we've seen that like fantasy of Betty's, I just feel like it's. You think they've checked the box? They checked the box, which is I don't know. Like, can I live with that? Maybe. I mean, I guess. I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm happy with this for now. I like, guess. Um, but yeah, I shrieked when I saw that promo and I'm like it's like I've like I'm vindicated finally um and now I feel like a sucker because like this with the episode where Betty had the lingerie on like we were talking about that I'm like and I just like I feel like they're pulling my leg which they've been doing for six years which is fine I don't feel like you can you should give up hope though yet because there's a lot more episodes to go yeah. TBH, okay. and <laughs> the seeds are being sprinkled maybe they won't grow it's anything at all maybe they'll grow into a tree literally anything could happen right now you're <laughs> right i just i just that they've so clearly established it's not that funny they have so clearly established in it. your reaction <laughs> it's an so funny to me. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, they've established this fantasy, as likely as Betty and like Game of Things, you know. Which is fine, like, but also Betty and Archie are one of the main things, and she was well, it. But so was Betty and Joe which has happened. That's what I mean. I feel like you can't, like, but cross they're it out. heterosexual and they have had, literally, hundreds of minutes of screen time together. I'm not like saying it's definitely going to happen. I just think there's not enough here to rule it out. Okay, you know, I guess because they've established this fantasy, I think that's just what it's going to say. Okay, but I don't know. Like, like you've said, like I think there won't be an end game. I guess at this point um and Benny said she doesn't get married ever here check this Um, out god in heaven if veronica will not happen strike me dead stop Stop. See, it didn't happen the 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 listeners i live. what time does Riverdale air like i don't even know it's airs tomorrow 9 p.m well, when does like probably eight later, or nine? Eight or nine. So the pop strikes at nine PM on August twenty fourth. Is that the twenty third? Twenty third, and Jay drops dead because it did not happen. No, I just said it, and I was not struck dead. That means it might happen. It's already to get Goofy Bella. Do you have any thoughts on this? Um, preferably non-goofy. I mean, it did kind of seem like they were hinting now at both betty and veronica being bisexual yeah veronica Again, does man. know about bisexuality yeah i was she a does. real hater before like before this season is this how we know what's going to happen because i'm becoming down in thomas and you guys are both <laughs> and you guys are both in the camp now <laughs> I can't yeah. believe we won Bella in the Veronica War. <laughs> this, is so, this is huge. I, I, I honestly liked the Betty and Alice stuff. I agree; yeah. it felt kind of repetitive. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's a different story, I just I liked that kind of idea of like this overly controlling kind of mother slash housewife. In the fifties, being really miserable but not really being able to talk about it, like kind of a yes. feminine speak idea. Idea. Yeah. Um, I agree. I like that. Me too. I like that kind of, and I just read a book kind of about that. So that was, I think, part of why I was like, "Hey, um, I." When she says, like. You know what? You're right. Like you don't need a mother. So from now on, I am not your mother. I thought that she was about to be sent to Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Me too. Because yeah, she's like Doctor Worth. Like you're right. Doctor Worthers is not the right treatment for you. Or like I really thought that it was about to become. Like she's gonna go visit Ethel again. Yes. I. You're right about the Alice thing. Like I do like the. I think it's interesting that she's so miserable. I guess like when I said that maybe it was being like, like Alice has been so miserable for so (laughs) long in this show. Like the whole episode about her singing about her dead kids. Like, God. I do. I agree though. I liked that conversation between them Um, because we'd talked previously about how like, we feel like she's kind of like. What do you? Sorry, are sorry. You... I'll tell you guys after I interrupted you. Okay. Sorry, I was showing speech. Is that D. Greg, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Realize, sorry, learned, we're gonna have sorry, to pause. I have to, to pause, pause what I was to saying. saying that Greg Iraq directed multiple episodes of Riverdale, which I did not know. That's really crazy because I saw I've seen him talk about Riverdale when he's like oh, it's the gayest thing on TV, like Archie's taking his shirt off and all the other guys are taking their shirts off. And he directed the episode, The Wrestler, along with, that would be it actually. No, I think that's the only What's one. That's the only one. Yep. That's, that's great. The... That's crazy. A season two episode. Oh, wow. wow. That's, that's really crazy. crazy. That's amazing. God God damn it's when chick is a webcam model that's great that's yeah and we loved it when that happened um you're good that was very important um what i was going to say was we've talked about how in this season so far alice has seemed very like one note in in kind of the providing the presence of being like the oppressive maternal oppressive and oppressed like maternal figure and repressed mm-hmm. as well um and i did like that there were kind of like some cracks in that in the conversation she was having with betty again but mm-hmm. she was like you're unhappy and why can't we just talk about this and then how like cuts it off like it seems like she was almost kind of gonna like give in to yeah. that and then how cut it off which i liked in terms of the dimensions of the character but I also liked thematically and I also liked because Mansion Amit got to stretch those acting chops. Mm-hmm. She got to wipe the dust off of those things like and give them, a, give them a run. Yeah. I thought, mm-hmm. well, she was phenomenal as always. She was great, but <laughs> I don't think she's had much material to work with. Not necessarily even in like a writing shortcoming. I just mean like, although I think she could be written better. I just think like, she as a character is not being used immensely at the moment Mm. more than just being like the same kind of source of conflict for betty but i thought she was really good and she always is and mad chen if you want to come on the podcast feel free just text us we just decided we took a vote we decided you know what if she really wants to I guess we can have them. Yeah, Madchan, we decided, I guess, we'll it take you. It just seems you. so important to her. If we're free, then we'll have you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll check our schedules. We'll Madchan, see. this is all a joke. I'm falling at your feet. Madchan, I'm falling at your feet. I'm putting. I'm laying my body down on a puddle so you don't have to step in the puddle. Madchan, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Free Thursday evening. Please.
1: Uh, Any other thoughts liked,
0: on the episode? I liked Veronica's line when Kevin's like, what do your parents want? She says, to see everyone but themselves fail, including their own daughter. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. That was good. I also liked Alice going, (laughs) I am an adult woman. I don't need therapy. That was funny. That was good. There's good lines in this. Mm -hmm, For sure. I liked the thing with um, Betty kind of starting to put together that Dr. Worthers is kind of saying, like telling everything to her mom like when she says she doesn't think she'll get married and then she her mom buys her a bunch of bridal magazines mm-hmm. like that day and then she tells him she writes in her diary when she comes home and she's like Alice has read all of her diaries yeah and called a priest for an exorcism yeah um I liked that it also it kind of reminded me of on Mad Men. When oh, yeah. his wife, like when where he gets to hear everything about his wife's therapy, yeah, yeah. when Betty yeah. goes to therapy, oh, damn. Um, yeah, so I feel like it just it does seem like the time, right? Um, because I think in general, minors like parents will hear stuff about their kid's therapy, but it's usually more like she seems to be struggling with this or like this is something, whatever, not yeah, like "Here are her me. deepest, darkest secrets no. no. here is every detail that she told me. Yeah. Right. Um, I like, oh, what? I don't think I knew that 3D was a thing back then. I kind of don't think it was. I mean, but they did have it. I think it I've seen, there's a famous picture of a, like an old, like an old picture of a movie theater where everyone's wearing the glasses. Every time I see that picture, I'm like, what the hell is this? What the hell is Um, this? Oh. The first 3D movie was in 1920. Oh, wow. Okay what but, was it um, the wrong. first boom in period in 3d cinema was um 1952 to 1955 with movies such as house of wax wow dial m for murder um vincent price movies okay well i guess they were they had it yeah okay i'm wrong to read more about this because I wonder how they did it with those cameras back then. Mm-hmm, yeah. That was interesting, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Sheriff Keller is seemingly the uh death of Brad Raybury, like has been set up to seem like kind of an open and shut case of suicide with a suicide note and so I think it's interesting that he is now like we need your help solving this case mm-hmm. I think he still mm-hmm. even refers to it as the case of Brad Raybury's suicide yes mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting that it's like there's still a case to be solved I mean, I imagine there must be a piece of information that he's found that we are not privy yeah, to yet. like something's missing or something. Yeah, your footprint or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who would your MVP be for this episode, Veronica? Yeah. Because long live the B, the B movie. Thank God, it's independent cinema, saving theaters everywhere she's like a businesswoman she was pathetic and weird in this episode which i liked i thought i thought that was refreshing she was a hag which i liked um i yeah i i really liked her in this episode i thought that everything with the phone was really fun she was really dedicated to like her business and not like a Greedy way, or like trying to prove her parents wrong in a sort of way, or anything like that. But like, she literally has to do it to live now, and like, it's her business, and she wants to see it succeed, and she has her employees are her friends, and that sort of thing. I just want to take you know, I don't, I really liked her character in this. Um, yeah. I'm, or I guess, like, it just relatively compared to like literally every other season, et cetera. Yeah, not to sure really. It was Veronica. She's great. Nice. Yeah. I'll give it to Betty. I liked her interactions with Alice, like I said. I liked I like that she's so comfortable with her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um I mean like she's obviously still figuring stuff out. I just like that she's not that she's being kind of defiant in those sessions with dr Worthers. like mm-hmm. she could very easily be like i don't think about sex or something like that and she she's like i think about it all the time and that's really actually quite normal um and i like her yeah i just i liked her interactions with people i enjoyed the um montage in the beginning of just her making out with all the main characters <laughs> i thought that was fun Yeah. Um, and yeah i liked her defiance i'm gonna give it to uh, you guessed it midge because she uh, is pregnant she does not give a fuck she is pregnant little. she's at the movies not me acting like pregnant people can't go to the movies it sounds like you know no but but what i mean is like story-wise like she she is chilling she's doing cheerleading practice she's doing cheerleading practice she's working at the movies she's seeing the movies she's just you know having a grand old time and i just think it's funny because we learned she's pregnant and then it's like no more midge now for a little while (laughs) And so I would just like to give it to her because I think she's being very brave despite her pregnancy in a time in which that would be not ideal for her so it goes up this mm-hmm. one's for Midge okay um what would you guys give this episode at Tim give it 7.25 falling eyes um I get I Brushed out ahead head to use that noun. I don't know how like that rating actually is though, but I liked it what a lot. What was your noun? Crawling Us. Oh, nice. Um, I liked it a lot. That was a solid episode. Um, tons of Betty, tons of Veronica, which I like to see. Um, you know, I, I t- sometimes I'll really not like the episode because it's does not have enough of either of them, um, or just like their plots are really insignificant, or like I mean, don't like their plots, or anything like that, and like both their characters and their plots. It was pretty much just them in terms of like the focus. Um, I thought that Betty's like whole thing with watching the most was pretty, um, Good. Like, I guess I've been pretty nervous about, like, how they didn't own a little on the show, um, and I really liked the, um movie thing, I don't know, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure I could say something more poignant about, like, all the Betty stuff, but, um, and I'm glad that they kissed in Betty's fantasy, thank God. All. I'm gonna give it seven point five. Betty Veronica kisses nice. because because that really is the highlight. It's a you know been a long time coming, and by God we got there, albeit um, within a dream. But that's fine. Um, I I did like the episode quite a bit I still just like it didn't you know nothing that wowed me in particular but I was still captivated and I still enjoyed the whole thing and I still liked that it was so focused on you know Betty and Veronica Mm -hmm. but yeah really looking at my watch hoping they're gonna ring in some non-50s plot lines at some point soon we'll see I don't know. Well, I don't even mean like they have to leave the 50s soon. I just mean like any remnants of whatever's going on. I think the whole thing with the milkman is going to draw it back in. So I think like when that is becoming more central, that'll be what's going on then. But I just like, I don't know. I still do want that. Yeah. I feel like this milkman is taking his sweet time. Like he's so slow in killing people. You should go to a hospital and go one by one there and kill them in hot tubs and, and that was Halloween too. Oh. Dear listeners, <laughs> Allie is not losing it. <laughs> oh my God. We were discussing Halloween too right before this. I got to no, it's No, you're good. You're good. Uh, um, I thought everybody would be in on it. <laughs> I conversation know. off the air right am <laughs> um, gonna give it 7 out of 10 sexual fantasies. Um, I enjoyed this one. I thought I liked the kind of splitting it between the two main stories. I thought it made it, even though I was wondering kind of what was happening with some of the other characters I kind of liked it being centered on characters who often even though they have main plot lines just I liked having it be like it's their story like this is very much their thing um and completely really unrelated to who they're dating Mm -hmm. or if they're not dating anyone they're both single at the same time, you guys. Wow. wow. Huh. I don't know what we'll do with that. Um, but you know, I liked it. I thought the stuff with the Babylonian was fun. I liked the kind of idea of like her parents sabotaging it, but then her kind of being innovative mm-hmm. and. And making a all kind of just making clay and Kevin do a lot of the work. Well, but yes. I liked. I oh, I liked it. Yes. Nice. And last but not least, predictions. What's to come? What do you guys think they're gonna find that's making them need to continue with the case? like a cell phone I think it's Um, going to be a this is a total wishful thinking because I kind of don't think this will happen at all I'm hoping it's a piece of the future um, that they don't understand a bloody milk jug like and they're like a milk jug with like a jug head with like a bloody handprint on it that was putting the milk I don't know that's a good that's a good guess that would be crazy if this calling card was just leaving jugs of milk places. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean he's good at it. <laughs> it's a job. Yeah. Um I think that Tabitha Ever just made a very cute little face. Um, I think that Tabitha is like the, the the present day tabitha is going to reemerge soon hmm. and and like whether or not she like maybe she won't even interact with anybody but i think she's going to be there and she's going to influence something that's happening um i think that betty is gonna have a, an affair with a random woman that we never see again that she meets on the lonely highway, maybe even Agent Drake from another time. Wow! But I think she will, and it's going to be all a stepping stone into her relationship with Veronica. That's interesting. I wonder if she's going to go to the dark room. Could be. Could be. Yeah. And I also think the milkman's next victim will be our Hal, Hal Cooper please. Wouldn't that be grand like, oh, really bad? It would destroy Betty's life. I feel like there's someone well. That was Not something. So with but... with when Betty is talking to Alice she's like ur, ur, and then Hal bursts in. He's like her mother has made so many sacrifices like has been constantly sacrificing her life for you. And she goes like how like what what sacrifice like you're no one will tell me anything mm-hmm. what do you think that was in reference to because it kind of seems like, a like career they were or something i think also okay. possibly her teenage pregnancy maybe yeah i was wondering it. if it was something to do with that but i wasn't sure what that would maybe the milkman really is charles yet. she wouldn't really have a career so i don't know why i said that yeah i guess teen pregnancy I would love to. I know they already showed us the milkman, so we know it's not Charles. But I would, but maybe it is. I would love if it were Charles or Chick, or both, Chickles. Really? Yeah, it would have been nice if it were Chick, because we don't need it to be some rando. We don't, because it's it's not like there's like it the moment we see him we know he's a murderer Mm -hmm. so it's not even like we would know before they want us to know because we know that chick is bad news Mm -hmm. i think before the season ends we're going to see like an everything everywhere all at once style montage in which the characters flip through comic animated versions of yeah. different storylines for sure yep. that's definitely happening mm-hmm. that's all them was the thing where dilton is like actually time is the fourth dimension was that supposed to be a reference uh, to the river veil vale oh uh, that's fun. i didn't even think of that it's in yeah, everything going on with time for them a good catch. Um, I think uh, we're going to find out what happened to Polly. And I think it's going to have something to do with why Alice is so upset. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Well, I'm excited to see it tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but, um, it will air tomorrow night. Um, but until then, Allie, can we get that famous up? See you later, Dinks. Woo.